Hey everyone, welcome to the Midtown Midweek where we take the sermon, we talk about it more, we want to provide this resource for our church family, across our family of churches to engage with scripture ongoingly and to renew our minds in the context of being church family together. Before we get into the sermon, I am here with a special guest who may or may not be on more future episodes. It depends if she wants to. Should I'm be. here. Dun, dun, dun. With Melly Fresh. Hey, Melly. Hey. Happy Monday. Hey, happy happy Monday Monday. to you. This comes out on Wednesday, though. Happy Wednesday. All right, good. We got it. (laughs) Melly, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not loving this weather, but excited that the sun's going to be out for the next three days. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, Melly, you have been around our church family and around Columbia longer than most folks in our church family. So I feel like this next question, you just have a wealth of knowledge you can pull from. I'm so excited. Melly, what is one thing you are loving about Columbia right now? Uh, okay. So currently am loving that the wig has reopened. Hey, Amen. It is the best. Amen. And so I was so sad that they were not open for about nine months. So making up for a lot of last time. Yeah. How often have you gone so far? <clears throat> Do I have to answer that? <laughs> now nah, uh, let's let the listener just- I will say this. Uh, I've gone a lot on Thursdays. And when I left work last Thursday- uh, my phone was like, oh, it's only four minutes to the wig. And so I was like, okay, Perfect. we need to when dial it back. When your phone automatically tells you, you that, that's saying it's something It's a problem, right yeah. <laughs> that's great. No, no better or place to drive, though. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, let's say someone's listening. They've never been to the wig. Mm-hmm. What do they order? Uh, the wig burger, sweet potato fries. Interesting. You're, Every time. You're almost right. Uh-oh. You're almost right. Wig burger with regular fries. Uh, and yeah. extra aioli to dip the regular fries in. See, aioli. <gasps> and here's the thing, and I'm glad we have this format to have this conversation. You are both wrong. <laughs> burger, burger with <laughs> lettuce, tomato, and onion. All that freshness cuts the savory. Negative. <sighs> I disagree wholeheartedly. Fries. I tried the burger, burger for the first time last night. My roommate and I both got one of each, and then we split it in half. And I like the wig burger so much better. Well, yeah. So this will be the final episode that Melly's featured on. <laughs> but I'm glad we had this conversation. That's real. Jake, I've never been more disappointed in you than right now. Well, so. and speaking of conflict, you know, that's why we had this sermon. <laughs> it's okay that your perception is wrong. That's well, right. no, 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 no. That's My right. perception is reality. Uh, I am here once again with Pastor Brandon from Midtown Lexington. Hey, Brandon. Hey, man. How are we doing? I'm wonderful. Good. Good. Uh, and for those of you who perhaps here at our downtown church, uh, really one thing I think that separates us from a lot of churches is we do something called a teaching team where we have pastors who are preaching at all three of our family of churches. Uh Helping just take the writing load so that uh, the writing responsibility is not all on one pastor. So Brandon has helped uh, really be the architect in a lot of ways, kind of the head writer of these last two sermons, hence why he is here. And uh, yeah, how'd it go over at Lexington, Brandon? Went really well. I think that was a you know a well-received uh, message and something that all of us struggle with in one way or another. And so I, I was really encouraged by it. Got some good feedback afterward, yeah. What were some things that didn't make the final cut? I know uh, we've been doing this a lot within the series. We've been doing a lot of two-parters. So this was the second part of talking about conflict that we introduced last week with perception, desire, emotion. Yeah. 
And this week, you kind of gave us more the practical tools of how can we walk in being people of reconciliation and forgiveness. So things that did not make the final cut. Yeah, honestly, there was a ton. This is one of those sermons that went through a few iterations and um, ended differently than it began. But uh, a ton of different things that we could have talked about. And I will say that we found a a blog post by a guy named Tony Woodleaf um, called This is How You Will Heal the Wound. And uh, it kind of served as a bit of an inspiration for uh, this idea uh, is just kind of a creative piece he wrote about, you know, how to how to be a different kind of person um, in, in light of Christ, and um, you know, just a a very freeing feeling. Uh, so, kind of got the idea of writing down the name of someone you hate from from that blog post, and he actually ended the post with a, you know, with a illustration. This is not a theologically accurate metaphor, but. He ended by saying, if not, if all else fails, um, picture yourself shackled to that person at the gates of heaven, and you can't go in unless you plead the case uh, of that person. Save them if you would save yourself. There is no other way. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of a unique uh, take on it. You know, obviously that's not how it works theologically, but it's it's also you know has some correlations to when the strong words of Jesus about lack of forgiveness of your brother. Yeah. Um, and so that, that picture is, is rattling, you know, the, yeah. Um, our own unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment run that deep. And yeah, I thought that was helpful. Yeah. I mean, that parable in Matthew 18, I, I think is one of the scariest teachings of Jesus to say, if you do not forgive your brother who has a debt against you, uh, neither will your father forgive you. That, yes. that is freaky. I actually, I taught this sermon over at Two Notch and I leaned into that more and I could tell just the folks over at Two Notch were just like also genuinely freaked out when you think about Jesus's teaching and just uh, how big of a precedent Jesus puts on forgiveness. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, he, he really said that, huh? Like he, <laughs> he, he really and in my that. head, I'm trying to do theological gymnastics to try to like, you know, not have to do it. Right. Yeah. I'm sure you've never struggled with that, Melly, right? Oh, no, never. That was a lie. I lied on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes I read those verses and I'm like, surely he didn't mean that, though. Like, surely it's not that serious. And it is. Yeah. And that is uh, convicting in so many ways. So do you want to, like, dive more into that article? Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought he had some some cool kind of ideas. Uh, one, one that we talked about in Lexington. I'm not sure if it made it to downtown or too notch, but um, just the idea that um, we can be wronged and be silent, and that that's a countercultural thing that that Christ enables us to do. So, not talking about the big things that need to be rebuked, but like the endless little things that cause so much conflict and drama and tension that we can be wronged and just get over it mm. and move on. And you know, don't post it on Twitter. Just get over it and move on and uh, tap into the well of grace and overlook an offense and just how much drama would be uh, negated if we were able to do that. And I think that's a a huge weakness of our culture that our culture just kind of trains us to take offense to everything. And it's just exhausting. Yeah. It's just so exhausting. Um, And what, what if we could be, you know, grace-filled people to the extent that we are just able to to just move on and not make big deals out of things like that. Yeah. Uh, you sent that article to Melly and I yesterday. And as soon as I saw 
the the title. I know I joked about this, but it was like, "Ooh, this is too convicting. I don't <laughs> want to read this." Yeah. And so I had I felt then like I had to read it and but that one especially stuck out to me of, "Ah, oh, but I don't want to." Yes. I want to put people on blast, maybe not like oh, on social media, but just mentally I want yes. to stew over it and have my sense of self-justification uh to be more righteous than they are, but yes. that is the hard work that Jesus calls us to. Yes. And I think one thing that goes along with that that we ended up cutting from the sermon is just the the difference between uh, intent and impact. Uh, that there there is a meaningful difference between intent and impact. And what that means is, if someone hurt your feelings, that had the impact of hurting your feelings, that does not mean they intended to hurt you, and it does not necessarily mean that they are wrong. Mm. You, your feelings can be hurt, and also that person didn't necessarily do anything wrong. And I think that's something our culture is just aggressively lost sight of, that uh, my feelings being hurt does not necessarily mean someone else is wrong or did something wrong. It could just be that my feelings are hurt. And that's fine. I need to process that with God and before God. But uh, just the the difference between intent and impact, I, I think, causes so much confusion and drama and relationships that's unnecessary. It was a really good article. It was really challenging though. I was reading through each one and I was like, but I don't want to do any of that. I yeah, appreciated the wisdom behind it. And Brandon, have you ever seen the show Ted Lasso? No. On Apple TV. Have you heard about it? Vaguely. I think, have you seen it, Millie? I have not seen it. Don't ask me if I've heard about it because my roommates have told me about it three times and every time they bring it up, I say, I've never heard of it. Uh, so. You guys really need to see it. It's TVMA for some curse words. That's it. Just some curse words. But it's about this guy who was a football coach in America. He gets sent over to England to coach soccer. He knows nothing about soccer. Mm. Everyone makes fun of him and just uh, hates on him relentlessly. And he just embodies like grace and forgiveness. And it is like the first episode, I I wasn't into it because it was very much like the, oh, here's an American in England. Look how dumb he is. But then episodes two or three is uh, I got hooked. And I, I was telling my friends who have seen it, it was like, it feels very much like a Christian parable, even though it's mm. not a Christian show. Mm. So I would just, I think you would really, really like it. Interesting. I'll so uh, yeah. shameless plug for Ted Lasso yeah, yeah. Uh, to learn what it means to forgive people. That's there fine. you go. Other yeah. things that didn't make the cut? Yeah. I, I mentioned this at, at Lexington briefly, but um, part of uh, the article was, you know, the, the person you can't stand, um, you know, severely dislike, try to, uh, try to exercise to, tell yourself a story about why they are the way that they are, like why they would become a, the type of person who did what they did or didn't do what they didn't do or who believes what they believe and make it as gracious and charitable as possible. And so, you know, it was like uh, your story has to be free of negative assumptions, a story where the person is not evil or stupid. And this per- story, the person loves their mama. They want their children to grow up prosperous. They laugh around the dinner table there's someone who in another life you would potentially want to be friends with mm. and just see what that gracious story does potentially does to, to help your perception of them. Uh, and I think that's just really powerful and something we don't do. We don't do that naturally. Yeah. You know, we, we paint enemies naturally, uh, especially when we get hurt and upset and um, you know, the, the concept that we can through the grace of Christ become, you know, big ice cream scoop people. We can become gracious people and, uh, we had a, a 
uh, Cannon Blackwell made a, a new a new Midtown logo with an ice cream scoop <laughs> in it yesterday. <laughs> I and love that. It's an extra scoop church and and sent it to Amazing. me. And <laughs> Can you uh, send that to me? I yeah, want to yeah. see if I can put that in the show notes. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I just think there's so much power to that, you know, if we could really become that that kind of community that just stands out mm-hmm. among the rest of our culture. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, a counter narrative to what is going on in the world. I don't know. Did y'all end up keeping the the hypothetical scenario? Imagine with me, you live in a deeply divided country. Did y'all? Last week, yeah. Okay. Yeah, last week. Yep. Yeah. Just the idea that we are preconditioned to doubt and be cynical, and this is the water that we're swimming in. So every encounter we have with near everyone is almost a sense of self-righteousness and superiority to say, you're probably the bad guy and I'm just waiting for you to slip up. Yes. And man, this is an opportunity. We have the supernatural resources to say enough's enough and Jesus is better and I will allow myself to be wronged or whatever because there is a better way here. I really appreciated in the sermon on Sunday when Adam was talking about anger and he was saying how we nurse that to the point where it kind of becomes like prison bars. Mm. That like stuck out to me because I think in times where I have been hurt uh, by people, it I feel that anger is safer. And so I will just like hold on to that. And I think it feels safer because I'm then not allowing myself to feel the hurt that comes along with it. And so I think having an appropriate um, view of like what it looks like to lament and grieve before you forgive is really helpful as well. Yeah. Almost like if I let go of my anger and pursue reconciliation, that might even hurt me more Mm -hmm. perhaps. So I'm going to keep my distance, nurse Mm -hmm. my grudge. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that that kind of movement does require supernatural resources. I mean, even hearing you talk about that, it reminds me of C.S. Lewis, The Great Divorce, this idea of like this person traveling uh, from hell to heaven and that people in hell are just like forever trapped by their sin and they're blind and they don't really know that they're in hell. They're just mm-hmm. pursuing uh, their own bitterness or anger or jealousy or rage just for eternity and like not knowing any wiser that they are just destroying themselves for, for eternity. And yet this is what happens to us when we hold on to anger is it just mm-hmm. spiritually destroys us from the inside out. Yeah, one one way that we've talked about it before that we cut from the sermon was um, this uh, kind of illustration of wound belief evidence, and it, it's just you draw an arrow between the words. So wound leads to belief, leads to evidence, and all it means is that when you're hurt uh, or angry, that typically leads you to develop a belief about yourself or about the other person or about God or whatever. And then once you have the belief, you're just looking for evidence that is true. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. Yeah, and so. You know, if if let's just imagine, you know, Melly was my boss, and you know, she's a great boss. She wants me to do well, and she has constructive feedback for me. But let's just pretend I, I grew up with a father who I could never do good enough. You know, I, I, I was just never was able to measure up, and always have this. So I have this wound from my past, what led me to a belief of like I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. And then we sit down in our eval, and Mel, Melly's giving me constructive feedback about my job performance is very helpful, but I interpret that through the lens of I'll never be good enough. And she's a monster because she's telling me that I'll never be good enough, just like everybody else has. 
And so now I hate her and I won't, you know, <laughs> mm. want a new job and I have this filter or whatever. And it just causes so much chaos mm-hmm. when we don't realize that's what's happening, that that I'm actually seeing through the, the lens of a wound mm-hmm. that I don't even fully perceive about myself. And then I've developed a belief that's not even true or fair. And now I'm seeing every interaction through this lens and going, see, told you. Yeah. Told you that's true. Yeah. I told you. And reacting emotionally as if all of that is true. And Melly was like, what's happening? What are you talking about? <laughs> what is happening right I was now? I trying to be helpful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's mm-hmm. just being a good boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that happens all the time. I mean, everywhere, all over our relationships. And, and it's just so hard to see when you're doing that. How do we know what our wounds are to be able to see that more quickly and not just project that onto our relationships? Yeah, I think one thing that, you know, Christy, my wife is a, is a therapist and um, is very smart and we've worked through a lot of this in our own marriage. And part of it, the most helpful thing I think for us has just been like, what are you, what are you hearing right now? What, what is happening? Mm. What, are, what are you feeling? What are you hearing? What words are going through your mind right now? Mm-hmm. And then if you can verbalize, I'm feeling blank. A lot of times it can be like, well, where did we, how did we get yeah. there? <laughs> so sure. Help me understand how we got there. Because I had no idea we were talking about that. Yeah. I had no idea that we were communicating on that level. I just thought we were talking about the situation that happened. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. to me, those clarifying questions of just like, um, what what are you thinking? What, what are you hearing in your mind right now? Um, how are you perceiving this interaction um, is, is super helpful just to be able to identify like, is there something going on beneath the surface? You know, you know, I think the, um, I think it's Bailey that says like, it's never about the dishes, you know, it's like, mm. if you're fighting about the dishes, it's like, that's not what it's about. <laughs> it's yeah. about something deeper than that. It's about some deeper belief that you have about yourself or your, or your, you know, relationship or, whatever um so trying to figure out what that second layer is i found out what's really happening beneath you yeah i mean i was just (laughs) thinking like any uh, i kind of do that internally so anytime like i try really hard not to get like super angry but if i ever just feel something like flare up i just try to ask myself like where is this coming from why did that bother me so much how can i work through this or talk to somebody or you know but yeah i think yeah self-analyzing is helpful mm-hmm. and, that, and that's the key i mean that that's the thing that we won't do without the spirit's help you know mm-hmm. like that that's that's the the hope of a regenerate uh, believer's heart with the help of the holy spirit is that the spirit is pressing in and asking those questions and going wait a minute what what's happening in you why why are you reacting so strongly what what's going on um and leading us to some of those things that we don't see that are just hard for us to see in ourselves. I think it was a Matt Chandler sermon that I listened to years ago. And he was just like, anytime that you feel that like initial, like uncomfortableness, like I have learned to think of that as like a red flag from like the Holy spirit of like, Oh, we should actually maybe think about that or like figure out where that is coming from. But yeah, I think that's helpful. Hopefully, you know, in life group this week, we'll be, pressing more into this. uh, Who do you have conflict with? What is reconciliation and what does forgiveness look like? And I'll just go ahead and say, like, it will probably be very painful and very hard for you to think through these things. But like we've been talking about this whole time, inviting the spirit into it uh, to really do a work in your heart. And, And on the other side of that, man, there is 
deeper Christ-likeness, a, a deeper freedom and joy in Christ when we release people from our debt that we have against them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the last thing was just uh, what would happen if we developed a habit of, of praying for the people that deeply bother us. That, because it's, it's hard to hate someone while you're praying for them. And, you know, that can be on a number of different levels. If they've hurt you, pray that they would realize it and repent if they were wrong. And uh, pray for grace to forgive them. Pray for if they're causing damage that they'll repent and stop. You know, if they're so unhealthy, you don't even know how to talk to them about this thing. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Mm. You know, just uh, praying for those people that, you know, pop up in our minds that that just deeply get under our skin, I think, is, is just a tremendously helpful step. Yeah. And it, and it just invites the Holy Spirit to, um, to, to do things and, and say things to us that we you know, may not want to hear and challenge us in ways that we need it. That's so helpful. And in fact, uh, just a quick plug that that reminds me, we're inviting our church family to fast together these next 40 days. And some life groups are going through the old Lent guide that we did last year, just kind of fasting from one thing a week. And this week, I know me and my life group, we're all fasting from background noises. If you're a life group and you're doing that too, just using that silence, cultivate your interior soul and even working through those questions of man in the silence who... Uh, who do I find my mind going back to that just really bothers me or upsets me and using that as a prompt by the spirit to pray for them. And it could be, you know, you're fasting from something else, I don't know, TV, but just using those opportunities as a moment to invite the spirit and to press into what we're learning about together. Well, thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Melly. And Anytime. resources are in the show notes and we'll see you all next week. Bye.